I have a confession to make. I had the idea to write a book for years before I finally put pen to paper and published the book. So the big question is this, how do people like me who battle doubt and insecurity push past their fears and publish a book? Well, that is the question, and this podcast is going to give you the answers. So join me as I bring you behind-the-scenes interviews and insights so that you can move forward and publish your book with boldness and courage. My name is Coach Tam, and this is Publishing Secrets. Have you ever heard of Garden City, Michigan? I'm guessing your answer is no. It's, it's a part of the Metro Detroit region, approximately 10 miles west of Motor City. It's not a very well-known area, yet it's had some pretty big and notable firsts. The first Little Caesars opened there in May of 1959. The first ever dine-in McDonald's in the Michigan area opened there in 1966. And the first now defunct Kmart store opened there in 1962. But if you ask me, none of these first have impacted the world in as big of a way as this man's willingness to say yes to the call. His first call was to follow in his father's footsteps into ministry. In 1969, he graduated from Circleville Bible College with a bachelor's degree and later obtained a master's degree from Azusa Pacific University and a doctorate from Fuller Theological Seminary. This positioned him to lead congregations in Indiana, Ohio, California, and Florida in the 1970s before becoming the lead pastor for the Skyline Church, a mega church located in a suburb of San Diego. And there he served at Skyline for 14 years. But then there was another call and he took a 10-year hiatus to focus on other projects. One of those projects was an international ministry that he founded called Enjoy, I-N-J-O-Y. Yet there was this constant tug for him between ministry and business. And he found himself returning to congregational ministry in 2004 as a teaching pastor at Christ Fellowship in Palm Beach Gardens, Florida. He even uh, spent a time serving at Crystal Cathedral in 2008 after his mentor, the great Robert Schuler, departed and has been featured on the famous television show, The Hour of Power. But yet there was this other call, a call to develop his principles of leadership and to establish himself as the thought leader of leadership. He went on to found Maximum Impact and Equip, a global leadership development organization that works with leaders from more than 80 different nations. And its purpose is to help develop Christian leaders that can execute the Great Commission in every country. He lectures to Fortune 500 corporations, government officials in foreign countries, and groups ranging from the United States Military Academy at West Point to the National Football League every year. And his company has educated 24,000 leaders in Guatemala. He's impacted the Westland Church so much 
that they've named a facility after him at Indiana Wesleyan University. Toastmasters International honored him with the golden gavel in 2012, and he was accepted into the IWU Society of World Changers in 2015 and was awarded their honorary doctorate. This man is a leadership specialist and a speaker that's held the title of the world's number one leadership and management expert by Inc. Magazine in May of 2014. Who am I speaking of? It's the man who's motivated by the philosophy that everything rises and falls on leadership. None other than John C. Maxwell. And what has John been doing since 1979? He's been publishing books. Because publishing books is the best way to build authority, become the go-to expert in your field, and it's one of the fastest ways to get clients and grow ministries consistently. John is one of my favorite people of all time because he's been successful in both arenas, in ministry and business, without compromising in either space or denying either's importance and potential impact in Christian communities. Three of his books have sold over a million copies, The 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership, one of my favorites, Developing the Leader Within You, and The 21 Indispensable Qualities of a Leader. But he was also selected to get this Amazon's 10th Anniversary Hall of Fame because he was a best-selling author, according to the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, and Business Week. And somehow, some way, he also manages to stay active on social media platforms like Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and keeps sharing his wisdom with the world. Yet if you were to ask him, he's a, a card-carrying member of John Blythway's Inch by Inch, Life's a Cinch, and Yard by Yard, Life is Hard. He's a member of the club because he takes things one thing at a time. He's known for saying things like, you can't succeed at anything if you don't start. And he claims that some of his most important notable accomplishments have come from taking the initiative to do five things each day to accomplish your goals. As a matter of fact, one of his, one of his companies, the John Maxwell Company, is committed to living out the principles that John teaches. And one of those principles has been the consistent practice of what John refers to as the rule of five. I remember seeing John speak and talk about this rule of five. It's simply a series of activities that you do every day. Now, I have to make sure that I underscore every single day, because when I heard John talk about this, he meant every single day, like on Christmas, like on your birthday, every single day, John does five things. Every day he reads, every day he files, every day he thinks, every day he asks questions, and every day he writes. Every day, including Christmas, including your birthday, including on vacation. As simple as it sounds, John's rule of five has allowed him to 
create the type of success that amasses a net worth estimated at $10 million. John is the thought leader on leadership, and he is a person that I look up to and I aspire to be more and more like daily. Let's unpack some takeaways from John's life. First of all, it's important, John teaches us, that we discern who we are called to help and how right now in this season. I say that because when he was asked about the most difficult decision that he's had to make as a leader, he responded with three words, leaving the pastorate. Why? Well, because he loved the church and he believed in its mission. And pastoring the local church was his first calling. But he later began to realize that his first calling wasn't his forever calling. He began to sense that he was being called to train leaders outside of the walls of the local church. Hindsight, as they say, is 2020. And he now realizes that he served as senior pastor probably about two years longer than he should have. So he was straddling the fence, 10 years of leading a local church and 10 years of leading an organization for leaders outside of the church, essentially holding out down two full-time jobs. And the workload took a toll on him. But it was tough because he didn't want to leave. Still, it was a decision that he would eventually have to make. John reminds us that while God is limitless, we are not. We do have limitations and pushing beyond them can actually limit our effectiveness. So the question is, what is God calling us to do now in this season? There is a time and a place for everything. Second, Maxwell reminds us that if we really want to change the world, it can't be about us. Whether he's preaching or teaching, his message is the same. Leadership by nature has to be unselfish. It's all about adding value to others. As a matter of fact, John says that anytime that we start to think that the position, the influence, or the benefits are for us, that's the first point that we have gone off track. So we should expect to be on one big old character, character development project after another, being constantly reminded to humble ourselves. And if you're in that place right now, you are exactly where God wants you to be. Because for Christian authors, leadership is not about just having a position. It's about service. It's about influence. In order to be an effective leader, we have to learn how to serve others and develop our own personal influence. But the practice of leadership is an important part of the Christian life and our lives as authors. We are called to influence and lead others in a way that is consistent with our faith. And in order to be effective leaders, we must practice leadership ourselves. That's why John's rule of five is so powerful because the leadership that he teaches is starting with him. He reminds us that we have to be in a constant state of learning and developing our own skills, as well as helping to cultivate the relationships with those we hope to lead. Only by doing this 
can we hope to effectively lead others in a way that glorifies God and furthers his kingdom? Last but not least, John teaches us the importance of becoming a thought leader, being a source of fresh ideas and quick wins that distinguish ourselves from the competition. Hands down, John is the man when it comes to leadership. There are lots of people that write on this topic. There are lots of people that speak on this topic. But there's a difference from being an expert and being a thought leader. Listen, all authors want their books to be read, but not all authors are thought leaders. What's the difference and why should you care? Well, thought leaders are respected for their knowledge and ideas on a particular topic. They're not just experts in their fields. They're also great communicators. People choose to listen to them because they have something valuable to say. If you want to be successful as an author, it's essential that you become a thought leader in your niche. When you do that, it will help you to sell more books. It will increase your influence. Listen, you will have the ability to directly impact the thoughts and beliefs of millions of people all over the world, just like John. And it can multiply your value so that you can monetize your message through several different streams, through several different countries, and through several different programs, just as John has. He's a trainer. He's a, he's a minister. He's a coach. He's an entrepreneur. He's found so many different ways to leverage the power that he's been given to create wealth. And if we follow the footsteps, if we remember that success leads clues and we put God first, whether it's in business or ministry, then God will show us how we can monetize our message as well. I want to help you get started on this. If you want to look for ways to maximize your impact and your income while doing it in a way that honors God, there is an in-depth series in the Christian Authors Network community. It's part eight of eight things every Christian author should do. Make sure that you check out the show notes of this episode for a link to the free training so that you can start building a brand that increases your impact and your income starting today. Now, then I want you to join us next week because even though we've gone through all eight steps, I have a few more leaders that I want to introduce you to because of the amazing impact that they've had on the world. And you're going to see how they're putting these same principles that we have been talking about to use. Well, I hope that you have enjoyed this week's episode of Publishing Secrets, where our mission is to inspire you to write, publish, and profit in a way that honors God. If this episode has been a blessing to you, go ahead and hit that subscribe button, then rate and review. And if you want support in your journey, whether you are a current author or an aspiring author, then join us on Facebook in the Christian Authors Network. Wherever you are in your journey, we have the best next step for you. So join us there and get the support that you need to make the impact that you have been called to make. Until next time, God bless.